0: That's microdose.com, promo code PANTS for 30% off and free shipping.
2: microdose.com, promo code PANTS. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? Ew, seriously. They squeeze the grease out of the wool and process it with chemicals, and then you eat it. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I got rid of products I didn't want anywhere near my body. I found that many multivitamins contained high amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and even lacked some of the nutrients we actually needed. So what did I do? At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. Ritual's products are made traceable, meaning we share the science and sourcing for every single ingredient. For example, our vegan vitamin D3 comes from sustainably harvested lichen in Nottingham, England. Not sheep. We trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. See for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. Happy
1: Saturday, Kate. Hi! Another Hi. Saturday.
0: Hi. <laughs>
1: it's funny we have like an actual day we do this now.
0: I it's love a, day a schedule. We're not working. Oh, you do? Don't you don't like a schedule? I'll tell you the
1: thing with me and schedules. I you're not good at them. At my age, I still can't get it together. That's
0: why. It's, that's why um, you have the Google Calendar, Leisha and you d- type it all in. That and has helped key. me a lot. It's a game changer. You'll get a notification. They'll say reminder and then you do it. Sure. But you have to remember to put it in the Google calendar as well. So you do that the moment something comes up. Right. That's the thing I don't. It's a habit, but I'm Mm -hmm. telling you, it's one of the best habits I've adapted because I also would forget things, especially if I have like five things planned in one day.
1: It's not that I don't try. And I pretty much, I would say I fulfill 90% Ninety percent of my obligations, and I mess up about 10 percent of them.
0: Little Dory in her Google Calendar. You know, I don't even know if
1: it's a Dory thing. I think it's just how we're built. Mm, no? Okay. Look, well, maybe, maybe. I, for instance, I know someone who's 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 like schedules are my thing. Mm-hmm. It's my manager. Mm-hmm. It's my manager Katie. She's like, I love schedules. I love scheduling things. I love giving them out. I love receiving them. I love to work them over. Not my interest. And I, that's what I'm saying. I think there are personality types. And, you know, we all exist for a reason. I'm not saying that's why Katie exists. Katie, that's not what I'm saying, because I know you're listening on your walk. She's lying, when Katie. I'm, <laughs> <be> <laughs> <honest>. <laughs> no, I am I just mean we, we all have skills. That happens to me not one of the ones that I have.
0: I'm saying I like a schedule. I like that. I like that. We now have Saturdays when we do this. I think maybe that's why I enjoy doing television because I have a schedule for six months. Now, granted the schedule within those six months will change, but I know what I'm doing for the next six months.
1: Great. Oh, I do. enjoy. I do like that. I agree with you. You know, I love it. Like the longevity of something. And you're like, and you're like booked for that. You're like, thank you. Like you don't have to sweat it.
0: No. Or like when I when I get my haircut, like when I'm done, I'm like, hey, can we schedule now? Because I'm going to forget and we schedule it and I put it in my little Google calendar and boom, it's mm-hmm. done. One less thing to think about. And then I just look and I think, oh, I'm due for another haircut in six weeks. Do you do alerts? I don't know how to turn those damn things off. I get alerts on the iPad, the iPhone, on the calendar, on the email, on the text. I hate it. Like I have to I, I just my phone. Goes, no, I'm I mean, sorry. Bing.
1: You know, and I don't mean regular alerts. I mean, um, reminders like in 30 minutes, you have this thing coming up.
0: I don't like that. I don't okay. need it because I'll look at my wake up and I'll say, What's today? and then I'll, you know, see what's up. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, you're a better person than me. No, I'm not. We're just built differently.
1: It's funny. I wouldn't even think of you as that type anyway. This is new for you. Let's not act, what? act like you've always been this way.
0: What? With a calendar? Schedulely. Like I just I like know. writing my stuff down. I like to have it organized. Back I do like to work a list. I like that. Back back when we used to use pens and paper. Remember that? Mm-hmm. I still do. Um, I used to have those little booklet calendars and when stuff would come up, I'd put it in my booklet calendar and a file effects. Did you have that? Yeah, but there were too many options. Oh, I love that thing. I just love the simple one. I love the simple um Every day was a different day of, in the calendar, and you had a whole thing to like write whatever you had to do that day on. I love a pen and paper.
1: Me too. That's what I'm saying. That I'm great at. I have calendars from the 90s. Little things I'd carry around with me, and it said something what? like, "Had lunch at Dojos." Like I'd write. I things wish I still like
0: had mine. I <laughs> had a feng shui attack and tossed all mine out. I wish I still had it. I'd love to see what I was doing.
1: It's pretty funny. You weren't doing much,
0: probably like me. Like when I had to model. Oh, I'm sorry. My manager my, my when, when I was I modeling. When I had to model? For, well, let me finish. No. When I was modeling <laughs> for 20 minutes, the booking agent said, "Here, take this count cal- take this little calendar book because back in the day you had to, you know, get on a payphone and call to get, you know, your casting sessions for the following day and, you know, write down the times and the address and then, you know, figure out how the next day you were going to get around the city to 10 different places, right? And mm-hmm. so that's when I started getting into the habit of that. And I thought, oh, I love having a little calendar. I get to write all my shit in.
1: Right. It was sort of the first time you were responsible for something, probably. Time and you had to show
0: up somewhere. Well, I was responsible for my own time. Because if I didn't go to the castings, you wouldn't be up for the job because no one knew who you were.
1: What did you model for? Or what did, you, what did you book? Do you have like a big, is there a big thing you've been in that I don't know?
0: I almost got a product campaign. Um <sighs> That's but the so irony big. is that my but my book. But the irony is that the modeling agency fucked it up. Um, how? What's the story? Oh, it's it's unimportant. I don't I don't want to tarnish anyone's name. But um, I think when I started modeling, I you know how fashion kind of goes in stages. Like one, you know, there's an era where this one type is really popular and that's what everyone wants, and then it segues out into another type. I was. I don't think I was the type anyone was looking for it in the moment. I was like this little like androgynous tomboy who was like five foot seven and like a hundred pounds. And that whole Kate Moss moment had ended. So they were on to like, you know, mm-hmm. you know, tall women who were like long flowing hair. And, you know, like then the, so they looked at me kind of like with 10 heads. I'm like, what are you doing here?
1: Meanwhile, you're like was a not- golden egg.
0: Well it was not it was not my path. And you know what? It's fine because I didn't like it anyway. It sounds hard, modeling. It was not fun. It was not fun.
1: You know what it was? They put in
0: things. Oh. Oh, I ate. I didn't care about that. They just put you in things that you didn't like. Like I don't want to wear that. Yes. Like I don't want to wear that. It's hideous. What makes you think I wanna wear that? And then meanwhile, like that's the job. That's the job. Put it on and look like a wave, Or not be a person. You're just a mannequin that moves. I'm not mm-hmm. interested. It wasn't I didn't have the personality for it. I was too opinionated. Well, it taught you something. Taught me to wrap it up and, you know. Well, no, it taught you lucky. to schedule. Taught me the schedule. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of schedules, our schedules allowed us to do what we were supposed to do last week.
1: <laughs> yeah. But not only that, I actually fit it in. I was like, Leisha. I did, too. You cannot. You can not flake this week. So did yep. I.
0: That's so funny. Yep. That's what, Yeah. I was like, I'm gonna sit down. I'm gonna commit. The one little pickle I have is what you gave me wasn't a TV show. Oh. Well, yeah. I mean it's not a movie. It's a documentary. Is it? Okay. Well I enjoyed it thoroughly, but it wasn't like a thing that you can continue watching. It's a stand-door. I thought we
1: just had to give some each other something to watch
0: that oh, we could learn okay. something from. Okay. Did I have the assignment wrong? It does. Like I said, it was a little pickle. It doesn't matter. God, sorry. Don't worry about it. It's fine. I really enjoyed it. You did. I did. I really liked yours too. Are we launching in? No, you want to dick around for another twenty minutes? Yeah, let's <laughs> launch in. Okay, go go. Um, first of all, what you had me watch in the first five minutes, first two minutes. I thought I'm fucked and I'm going to be a fucking wreck by the end of this thing. And long story short, I could not talk, Leisha. I could not fucking talk. I had, I was like tears pouring down my eyes. I was I know. like, I, my heart was racing. I was a fucking mess. I know. Kate,
1: when I tell you I thought of you the second I watched this thing, I was like, it, you know what it reminded me of? I huh. knew you would love this. Remember when you and I were on a walk in Vancouver?
0: And, and you I found, found my baby a little, possum.
1: Your tiny baby possum. Yep. And you picked it up and you, and you were like, please let me take this home. As though I was, by the way, like I was your mother or something. <laughs> but, but I think you needed someone to talk sense into you. And I was like, you cannot take that home. It is not, it is you need to let it go into the wild. And and you listen to me. And by the way, have you seen a grown up possum? You
0: and I've never, never forgiven you. I've never forgiven you. I for know, that.
1: you've never let it go. But I but we've always shared since that day we send each other, you know, memes or, you know, Instagram post of cute little things. Because I think we share this in common. And when I saw this, I was like, if that is not Kate Menic in the water. <laughs> I don't know what is. Well, what's okay, the name? So of it? what did I have you watch? I had you watch my, I, my octopus teacher.
0: Yes on Netflix okay. it's a documentary um that's why i'm giving you shit cuz it's a documentary it's not a it's not a series but who cares it doesn't matter um, was it on oh your tv oh my goodness yeah i i i mean i've one annoying... it's like you annoying- can't take
1: it away right you can't like you can't you it's not something you just leave behind and go whatever i watch that it's like it, it carry it you carry Mm-mm. it with you
0: no it hit me it it like i wept i like when mm-hmm. i tell you how bereft i was destroyed um i have one issue and this guy i really liked him i've heard some people complain about him i actually found him very endearing and kind this guy he was just like Me in too. a crossroads in his life and he wasn't happy and he couldn't understand why and he went back to this simple pleasure because he was he inspired it very well why he very went back into right. the ocean and 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 you know and he makes friends with this wild octopus and they're not known to be like dogs they're independent i guess they're considered mullocks right
1: Uh uh-huh they're like a snail out of out of the shell but they're one of the smartest creatures on the planet and we're just like an octopus and people are eating calamari and we're just like nobody's thinking about the octopus but this guy
0: exactly exactly and he makes friends with this with this octopus very very slowly or as you can be friends with an octopus and he visits her every my favorite is that it was like 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 he knew the gender I, I don't know. want to miss. I don't want to misgender the octopus, but like you know, it was, it, you know, and and like he went to see her every day, and 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 they made they became friends. And the one thing that really pissed me off, and this is where I would have done it differently, was when the, the shark came around, and mm-hmm. he said I didn't want to interfere.
1: Fucking help your friend out. Listen, Kate, you have to understand that you can't, in nature it, it is the wrong thing to do. But I, I, I had the same. I had the same instinct that I was like. Swim up to that thing and sh- scare it away. Shoot it
0: away. Because this mm-hmm. poor baby, it's like he, she has I to know. grow back. A... I know. Oh, my God. I could ball again. I know. I, he really upset me. He really upset me with that one. And I know I, you can't get involved and you can't disrupt the natural order of things in nature. And there's Darwinism and all that crap. I don't care. Help your friend out. Right. You know, like when you made me release that little baby possum that was abandoned, mm-hmm. that fit in the palm of my hand back into the wild. That baby possum could not have made it now. I mean, who knows where that little thing is now? Oh, sorry, Lisha. I know you look guilty, but you know, I really <laughs> wanted to take it home and 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 you know, give it a life and then release were it. Were we back.
1: living together then? Maybe that's
0: why. Yeah. We were. <laughs> no, we weren't. That was no, we weren't okay. living together yet. Okay. That was that was first season. No. Anyway.
1: How about how smart and intelligent this creature is that only lives oh. for one year? One year. That blew my mind and how much it learns and and knows instinctually because it's been millions of years that it's learned to survive. And they're very independent. But all the things they know how to do and the Mm -hmm. different ways they swim
0: and hunt and hide. And how they change colors and how they're able to look like kelp or a rock or sand or whatever it is. They've learned their environment so well. They're little chameleons. The other thing that upset me with him was, mm-hmm. you know, cuz octopuses do have that short life short lifespan. He says it, you know, they live fast and they die young. So and right. when her body finally gives up after she's, you know, had all these eggs and she's like laying on the on the ocean floor and the shark takes it away. He was down there seeing that, filming it, I know. So I would have taken that octopus and brought it up to the surface and buried it in my backyard. Right. Fuck that so I probably shark. would have done that too. I would have done that too. I know. And she looked
1: like a little ghost when it was
0: in the oh, shark's mouth. Cause she was, cause she was losing all of her color.
1: <sighs> I could die. I could die over this documentary. I've never been so Did affected you, by something. Were you upset by it? I was by myself oh, weeping, man. weeping. And I thought, I know, I know what Kate needs to watch. Did you watch it with Anna?
0: Did she have that? Was she crying? No, she was working, but she came up at the end and she's like, "Are you crying?" And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> "Like, I could not get my fucking shit together. <laughs> could not get it together. Could not." But the the fact that this guy would go down there every single day and he wouldn't use a snor- he wouldn't use any scuba equipment, so he had that snorkel. I mean, he never really said how long he was down there every day, but I'm going to assume maybe an hour and he would go back up and down to the surface, right? To get breaths of air. Well, obviously, yeah. So the chances, like, but he's not in the goddamn water 12 hours a day. So the fact that he was there for the two experiences, one, when the shark attacked the octopus, and then when the octopus finally, when it's, when her lifeless body was taken away by the shark, the fact he was there to witness those two things, help your friend out.
1: Well- I would have to guess that he was down there for more than an hour because one, you have to swim to the location. He has to get his body to adjust to the cold temperature. And then he was going to different parts of the kelp forest too. It wasn't like it was
0: just, I think it's, I think it's many miles, isn't it? It seemed like it was miles. I don't know. He never, he was learning to track her. I'm not sure how long big it was. My point is that like he was there to experience these two things was too big moments. Yeah, what's moments. your point? Oh, that he didn't? I fucking st- like step up and just step up.
1: Yeah, That's I guess word.
0: so. I mean, I'm sure there's, you know, two sides to the argument, but I, I'd step in.
1: Okay. Did you find it fascinating about octopuses? The life of an octopus? I will
0: never eat octopus ever again ever. after watching that. Ever, ever, ever. And I told Anna, I was like, never eat that in front of me ever again. I'll never do it.
2: And I, I know, used to love same. it.
0: I have such a respect for them. You have no idea. It really affected me, that that film.
1: Oh, yeah. Banjo has an octopus toy. And I walked past it yesterday and I was like, oh, I've never done that. It <laughs> 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 so has a whole new meaning. The whole thing. <sighs> how about when she hides with all the shells and goes into a little ball and that's how he found her at the beginning. And then he understood it at the end. Oh, my God. They're incredible. And then when she touched him. A little tentacle uh, coming out
0: first and like all of her little suckers. Them. They're they're independent. Like they're independent. Thousands of them. To one another. Them. Two thousand. And they're independent all from one he another. He said
1: they're each like a little hand. Mm-hmm. And then she walks on two legs sometimes. And, and I,
0: she dances. I can't. How about she, when she played with the fish? I, that's when I was weeping. And then, he, she, and then he got to hold her for the last time. I can't. I'll, I'll lose it. Stop! <laughs> I, I'll fucking lose it. No, it was a. I, I, and I can't believe I'd never heard of it before. Never.
1: I knew I found one you hadn't seen. I felt uh-huh. pretty confident about it because I knew you would have told me
0: about it. So I was like, mm, she didn't see this. Because when you when you when you sent it to me, I thought, oh god, is this a half hour comedy?
1: <laughs> I did, was gonna send you that, and I knew
0: better. <laughs> uh, I knew I thought, better. Oh, hell. I just envisioned it like a half hour. Oh, from the title?
1: Or you just knew (laughs) that?
0: I don't know. I just know you like comedy, half hour comedies. And I thought, what hell am I in for?
1: Mm -hmm. I wouldn't do that. I wasn't out to torture you. I was out to have you watch something I knew you'd like. But there was no,
0: um, there was no rule book. So who who knows what it could have, what it could have been. It could have been a lot of things. Could have been a lot of things. And I was. Anyway, everyone surprised. needs to
1: see my octopus teacher. It really is remarkable. How about when he intr- he, bro- he intruded
0: on her mating?
1: She was Probably go, like, awkward. <laughs> there are limits, human <laughs>
0: boundaries. She held
1: up her little tentacle.
0: OK, should we take a break? Yeah, let's take a break. Rocket money. I used rocket money again last week. How many are you OK.
1: I don't know. You have I a get a lot these, of subscriptions. You forget I know. about. You
0: know what it is? Because I get these apps, and you have to pay for everything you get these days. And I think, all right, well, I'll use this for a few days, but and I'll cancel it. But I forget. And, and you, you forget have to have every your... week
1: that you forgot last week. Yes. Thank God you have Rocket Money. Before I started using Rocket Money myself, I thought I had about like I don't know six subscriptions. No, Kate, I had like fifteen. Fifteen. Yes. I was like, clear it, clear it, clear it, get rid of it. And Rocket Money is like, we have your back. Because Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending and helps lower your bills so you can start to grow your savings.
0: Plus Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features.
1: So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash pants. That's rocketmoney.com slash pants. Say it, Kate.
0: That's rocketmoney.com slash pants.
1: So watch. in turn, you had me watch Formula One, Episode One, Season One. Mm-hmm. Because you've talked about this for a while mm-hmm. and I had no interest in it. And I didn't understand because I don't like loud cars. Like, I hate when somebody pulls up next to me and then they're like, Arrgh! you know, that yeah, yeah. I'm just like, get nobody. Need, we hear you. We see you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I reluctantly sat down on my couch, much like you did. And I thought, to <laughs> mm, get through this thing. It's an assignment. And I got to tell you, I really, really enjoyed it. It's fucking good, isn't it? Yeah, because... They go into the world of it. I'm not watching the races or no. you're, you're learning about the teams and the team captain exactly. and how much yep. the crew makes or breaks a race, how the drivers have no sense of fear or uh, fear of death, They that they just don't care, mm-hmm. that they can go like 200 miles an hour into a corner with a wheel
0: right next to you from another car. And they're like, Whatever. I, I know you only watch the first episode, but every episode is about a different team. It's not nece- necessarily centered on um, every race, but you know, every episode they, you know, it's the gram, it's it's a different Grand Prix around the world, wherever that is. But right. every episode is about a different team, so you get to know the team, the two drivers, the manager, sometimes the owner, and it's all politics all politics and the drivers well, it's also
1: money i mean they admit it in the first episode they're like ferrari and what was the other one uh mercedes
0: red was bull was it mercedes no red, red bull's, bull's number third. one red Bull's for, for the last six years oh. red bull has been like like because lewis hamilton is the best driver ever like you no one can beat lewis hamilton oh wow He's amazing. Um, but, um, but yeah,
1: but their cars are better. That's why I really like the Haas team. I thought that was kind of rad. They're the underdog and they have, he said they have about $150 million to build their cars and their team. And like someone like Ferrari has six to $700
0: million. But what's interesting as you go throughout the season, Mercedes is kind of in a league of its own. It's on its own. Like no one's going to beat Lewis Hamilton. No question. And Lewis Hamilton's uh, driver, um, his number two is Valtteri Botas. He's usually comes in at number two. This is Mercedes. This is Mercedes. But the and okay. then but aside from Mercedes, all of the other there's other teams that are kind of like mid level, like Haas, McLaren, Renault. Um, that's the mid level, and Red Bull is like right below Mercedes in terms of you know
1: wins or what? What are you basing wins this on? and
0: reputation and 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 you know just like status. You just learn the politics and the drivers. um, Not only are they driving the other teams, but they're also battling each other as well. Because you have two drivers on a team. Which I I didn't know. I thought that was a cool thing to learn too. And there's usually one driver that's considered your number one and the other driver's number two.
1: Kate, do you think it's because one of them might not make it? So they're like, we need a backup?
0: Well, it's because one of their drivers is like the best. So they rely on that driver to win. And so they'll get driver like, the number two driver and the number two driver might have to sacrifice his performance to keep the natural order of things and letting that number one win. Oh wow. That sucks for him and and a few, and it's on every team, right? Um, Are there female drivers? Do they get into that? No, there's not. And I asked, um, what's up Ana with that? that last night? I don't know. I think that's ridiculous. I don't know. That's very strange. You get to know every team, and then you'll kind of find your favorites, and then there's right. going to be people that annoy you, and then you're going to see someone who's doing really, really poorly, and then just kill it all of a sudden. Oh, like they'll have a great race. Yeah, like they'll, or the, or you get to know their backstory because you get into the backstory of all of them pretty much.
1: I did like that. I liked. I liked. Um, I forget his name. The guy who drove for Red Bull and his mother,
0: Daniel Ricardo.
1: Yeah. And just uh, talking about like her talking about what it's like every race. She's like, I just want a safe race and the rest.
0: That was three years ago. He's he's no longer at Red Bull.
1: Well, look at you with all the spoilers. It's not a spoiler. You could Google it. I didn't it. need to know that. Well, I but I probably would continue watching this.
0: You should continue watching it. It's so fucking good. I didn't know shit about Formula One. I don't care about it. Well, why would you? Right. That's... Ex- I didn't grow up with it. Anna loves it. She said, we have to watch this documentary series.
1: They liken them to fighter pilots, which I thought was like, oh, that yeah. kind of makes me understand them. But like, you know, you take me, for instance, I was a soapbox derby racer for five years. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot about there There were all these tricks to how fast you can get down the hill. And all the dads were, you know, helping do different, different, like how to weight your wheels or. If you screamed inside your car, it would keep the vibration down, which made you go a little bit like a second faster, like (laughs) all these tricks. But like what I thought was so cute was Daniel. Is that his name? Michael. Yeah. What's his name? Daniel.
0: Daniel. Daniel.
1: That he started off in those little go karts and he always knew he wanted to, you know, like the kind you go like at a fair, you like, but he raced them professionally as a kid. Yeah. And, and it's just, a, what is that? You think it's a need for speed kind of
0: thing? I don't know. I think, I have no well, idea. What a are lot we of talking?
1: Them... There's 10 teams. So there's like 20 drivers in the whole world with this very specific, I
0: don't know what you call it. First of all, for the most part, you have to have money and you have to have connection.
1: To even get on the team? I
0: mean, to even- To even be able to, to, even be able to do it in the first place because you need sponsors uh... and all of this stuff. So they usually start off in Formula 2 and that's where they get- Recognized into Formula One's Formula Two is it's like junior varsity where Formula One's varsity.
1: But I want to know what I would find interesting. I, I don't know if they talk about this, what they do their whole lives to even get to that Formula Two. Like, how do you get into this? It's I don't a strange know. sport and it seems
0: difficult. Like, I had to get a sponsor on
1: my Soapbox Derby car.
0: Yeah, but take that and multiply that by a 100, and then you're talking like, the real racing world and like getting into that.
1: I know that's, I want to know how they do it. It's fascinating because there's not that many of them. This is a sport that I think yeah.
0: very few Cause it's are elite. In. It's because it's so elitist. That's why. So you think, you think that all the kids have to be rich in order to even start? I'm not the book of um, Formula One by any means, but I think they, they have to have some sort of means. Um, I think there was one driver in Formula One who he said, you know, he's like, I didn't come from much. I've had a fight really hard because I I don't, I don't have the financial backing and I forgot which one he was. And I don't even know if he's on the circuit anymore because drivers are always getting traded and replaced. And there's one driver in the newest season I watched where his father is the new owner of a team and his son has been racing his whole life. So when daddy goes and becomes, you know, like the owner of this, of this team, well, the son has a spot. And his son is not a bad driver by any means. So he could actually go somewhere, but it's like, oh, you're pretty secure.
1: Yeah. That's not fair.
0: No, like, it's not. But the the sport is cutthroat. We thought our business was bad.
1: And do they go into the psychology of the drivers? Like Oh yeah. Or or even this. You know what I was wondering? Do they talk about what makes them a good driver? Because I'm kind of like they all have a fast car and you just kind of try to get to the front. Like what what makes one better than the other? What's like a good driver?
0: But all the cars are different.
1: I understand that. But like, is it like the way you round a corner is better than someone else? Or like your your gutsiness is better? I don't know. Like, it kind of seems like a good driver is a good driver. Like, strategically, I don't understand what makes them any different from each
0: other. Well, did you see how there's a qualifying? Mm-hmm. Right. So then you, like you do the, with the qualifying run to see right, where you're going to land you get around the track. Right. And so reg- wherever that, so that's where you're going to be placed in the lineup for the race the following day. So mm-hmm. if you're in the back, right, there's like, there's more than 10, actually. I think there's 15 or something. No, there's 10 teams. That's there's what 10 said. teams, two, four. Yeah. Okay. So if you're the last one or second to the last, it's going to be really challenging for you to make it all the way up to the front where Lewis Hamilton is and try to beat him. It's like track. Right. Right. So, I mean, it's really like, and that's why some, like, that's why some drivers go to a team and they're like, Oh, I'm really excited to be part of Renault for instance. And then they, and then, you know, the car sucks that year and they're having such a hard time steering it. That's what I'm
1: saying. Do you think the cars, the difference between the teams, do you think it's the cars or the
0: drivers? Uh, maybe I think it's could, maybe it's the driver in the car and not reacting well to that car. They all seem aggressive. They all want to win. That's that's like the overall theme of all of them. They all want. They all strive to win, to be the best, to you know, secure a spot. They're clearly um, not scared. Well, I think they're they're not scared to die. But like I heard three of them say that. Yeah, because they want to win. They're like, I'll do whatever it takes. And they're in third kind of season. One of them gets in a um, really nasty Kate. car accident. Kate, Kate. I'm not telling you which one. I'm just saying, like you see accidents on the throughout <sighs> the series, and you see them react to it, and then suddenly they're like, "Oh wait, actually, I am human." It's a really vulnerable experience, and it fucks all of them up because they're reminded that it could be them. Yeah. I'm really happy you watched that. Oh, I
1: loved it. Good suggestion. I feel like we're making people turn away from what we're suggesting because we've already Why? given it all up.
0: <laughs> I don't think so. Listen, my thing has three seasons, on 10 episodes on, yeah. each. You have 30 episodes. A lot happens. We're just like talking about the core of it. Your, your thing, your documentary, it's about a sweet fucking octopus. It has a beginning and it has an end. Yeah. It's like a Disney film, a live, real life Disney film. It was like that. You know, we had
1: our listeners call in to either ask us about something having to do with TV or suggest stuff for us. So we're going to take a break and we're going to come back and hear our answering machine.
0: I want to hear what other people, well, people called in over a week ago and I I think shared what they're enjoying or suggestions. So I'm ready to hear what they have to say.
3: Hi, Kate and Alicia. Uh, my name is Bailey, and I use they, them pronouns, and I just love to say I love your guys' podcast. It makes my commute every single week, uh, and I adore you guys. So thank you for doing great work. Uh, my show suggestion for you is It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which is my top comfort show, perhaps of all time. Uh, I know Kate mentioned it last week in the Q&A with the question of shows about Philly, and I can't too much on that part since I live in New York. But Rob McElhenney, who is the creator of the show, was actually born and raised in South Philly. If that helps convince you. Um, also, nothing else. If nothing else, please watch this show for the queer representation. Uh, one of the main characters, Matt, is gay and so complex. Um, I watched this show before I watched The L Word, actually. So this is my first time really seeing queer people as whole human beings and not just stereotypes. And I hold that so close to my heart. Um, So, yes, please watch this and then secure a guest star because I would love to see you on it. Um, So, yeah, watch that. Bye.
1: I can't tell you how many people have told me to watch this show. And now, Bailey, you've convinced me. I mean now it's coming over the air, the airwaves.
0: The funny thing is, um, I know Rob and Charlie. <laughs> I've, known, I know, I've known Charlie and I were in Williamstown together and I robbed from back home. So um, I've just no never way. gotten around. Yeah. I've just never gotten around to seeing it. And I should. Well, it's a comedy. That's probably why. My friend, J- my friend, Jimmy or our friend, cause, you know, Jimmy was on it a bunch and it's been on for fucking ever.
1: I'm going to do that. You know, my girlfriend's out of town and this is when I really have an opportunity to like sit on the couch and just potato out and i'm gonna do that but, you All know right, what it. bailey
0: i'm gonna do it i should I've, i whenever i Mo, see it you I should, think, oh, you should because of philly i well i should also and i'm always like oh I, I gotta watch you know i like you know it's amazing that you know charlie has um just killed it and i'm always like oh i have to watch it and then i never do
3: hey guys so glow
4: is a must watch um allison Bree is phenomenal. She's playing a serious actress in the 80s. She's absolutely uninterested in playing fluff characters, which is largely all there was for women. Um, so a casting agent gives her a hot tip for an audition for an underground project run by this renegade writer and director who has some deep, seated issues. And this is the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Um,
0: That's okay, what I'm talking it. about. Okay.
1: Yeah, I want to see that. And one of our makeup artists on the L Word worked on that show yeah. through, I think, all the seasons, Melissa. Um, yeah. And she speaks so highly of it and everyone who was on the on the show, the whole
0: cast. That um, looks like a kind of show if I watched, I'd kick myself for not being on it. I think it was oh, set yeah. in the 80s. Yeah. Female wrestler Mark Marin is on it. I think, he, I don't know who he plays, but he's in it. Oh, it's, it's a, a show really cool cast. Y- both of us would kill to be on it. Yeah, totally and it ended actually i think it's yeah it's over i, it's,
1: I yeah. yeah i want to do that that's one that's actually been on my list to watch so me too like, i've always it's been meaning the
0: time. i've always been meaning to watch it and i don't know why i never did but that's something i could get into me
3: too hey guys this is Allison calling from new york the best show ever especially during the pandemic has been the great british bake off on netflix all day long. And watch all eight, nine, I don't it feels like thirty seasons on a binge and you feel like you're really far away. You know, like you're on vacation because they all have beautiful accents and their personalities are fun and it's lighthearted and full of yummy treats. So great British bake off all day, every day.
0: Hope you're well. Thanks. That girl's speaking my language. Yeah, this has been, you told me this through the whole pandemic. I haven't missed a season. It is so simple. It's the happiest place on earth. Truly it is. And I think a new season came out during the pandemic and it just whisked you away into this magical hillside in in England. And yeah, it's simple. It's the best because there's no uh, overly produced bullshit Storylines. Everyone's just there, and you
1: said everyone—they're not mean when someone does no. something wrong. They're yeah, no, that's they're nice. all like
0: when someone they they yeah like when someone needs help, they'll all help. Like oh, let me help you with that. It's, come on, we have to get your bake right. It's the perfect bake. Oh, Leisha, it's.
1: I know it's. It, I would like it, wouldn't I?
0: Uh, well, and the guy from um from that show um what was that English show that British uh sketch comedy show that we used to like I want, I want that, that one. one I want that one. She's one of the Great he's the host. Yeah, he she's the new host. Uh, what a along show. With, I want that one. I want that one. Um I was going to ask you why you watch so much reality television. Um excuse me, I think I'm very selective in my reality television choices. I don't just watch reality television.
1: Well, I'm not I'm not trying to get in a fight with you. They're very well curated okay, but you watch more reality television than anyone I know. And I want to know what the draw is for you. Is it, do you find it more interesting than scripted television because it's actually happening and you're not being like challenged to be swept away into a story that
0: you're like, yeah, it's a bunch of actors saying a bunch of lines. 90 day fiance is an anthropological study. The bachelorette and the bachelor are overly produced and they do annoy the shit out of me. I will say the bachelorette is always better than the bachelor because, you know, the bachelor is, he's always, you know, it's never interesting, but the bachelorettes or when it's the woman contestant, always much more interesting. Um, But it's again, an anthropological study. So you find yourself to be more like a scientist? No, I just (laughs) love watching The human behavior on 90 Day Fiance. And if you gave that a chance, you'd be like, oh, I totally get it. I don't watch competition
1: shows. You went on and on about one of these. And I tuned in and I was so annoyed and frustrated and did not understand the hype. I don't know which one that was. They fell in love in like a day or like a week. Mm -hmm. Love is Blind on Netflix? Yes. Oh, it was great. It was awful. Oh, I felt, it was I felt so good. Like someone had made me waste hours of my life. And I was so mad because I was like, "What do? What am I not seeing that the world sees?"
0: Because the best part is when they get out of those little pods they're in, they have to be face to face, and they realize a lot of them um, realized, "Oh my god, this is total but that's bullshit." The thing, duh. Like
1: I don't need yeah, them to realize fun. that. I then you love competition shows. You love not,
2: Formula not
0: One. Lot. You love. Formula One is a re- is, is a documentary series. It's not a competition show. No, but it's reality. It's it's, no, it's, a, not. it's, it's a, a documentary doc. It's a, I know, but well, it, Every uh, documentary is reality. Right. I know that. 90 Day Fiancé is a reality series. That's a reality show I where know. they follow the couples around. And, you know, you this see how my idiotic point. the American is. And, and it's an anthropological study. I'm
1: not judging you. You're very defensive. Oh, I know that. I'm asking... Oh.
0: I'm not defensive. I'm explaining to you. These are the reasons why they're fascinating. Like 90 Day Fiance, if I gave you the right episode to start with the right couple, you'd think you'd be like, I'm in hundred percent. Okay. Sold.
1: I'm never going to ask that again.
0: <laughs> I mean, I can <laughs> ask you why you like 30 minute comedies. Like what's funny about them? Because what makes them funny? Because there's Because when you get a true comic
1: genius... You can't believe your eyes, and you're you find yourself in this euphoric moment of laughter. And what's better than that? Like, like who? Makes, The Golden Girls. The that doesn't. That's things that no, make. I'm ta- no, no, no. What? I'm
0: talking more currently. I'm talking more currently I don't
1: care if it's if it's old or new. I don't care. I'm saying what, the point is when there's something truly funny. When someone's really good at what they do, I don't see anything wrong with a comedy. I think it's. You're talking about bad ones or ones that are like no,
0: no. I'm talking about popular ones that everyone's talking about. And I tried to watch it, and I don't want to name it. And I just sit there, and I'm like, I don't fucking get it.
1: It's like a simpler time. It's it's like what you know, the Brady Bunch used to feel like, where you're just like, oh. But I won't knock
0: Veep or The Golden Girls. Absolutely not. I know you will, but that's those are brilliant. I'm talking more like current, like current things. I'm just ah. I want to hear another one. Hey,
3: y'all. This is Jen in Tennessee. I want to echo what others have said, that it is just a delight to listen every week. Okay, so favorite show? Almost not a fair question because there have been so many in my life. But today I'm going to argue for Killing Eve because it's dark and twisty but with an amazing cast and such clever wit. Sandra Oh and Jodie Comer are both fantastic and have such great on-screen chemistry. I love that it's led by two strong female leads and that both roles are very active. Neither character is passively sitting around. They're very forceful in moving the plot along. The supporting cast also is so smart and well put together. Fiona Shaw is amazing. The whole cast is really fantastic. So that's my take. Y'all stay healthy and safe out there. Bye.
1: I have to agree. Fiona Shaw is a genius. Jody Comer. Like, Sandra Oh, we've loved her forever, haven't we? I mean, this shows... Do you you like this show, right, Kate, or do you not like it? Oh, you have
0: a problem I, with this show. I love this show. I love Sandra Oh. I love Fiona Shaw. I love Jodie Comer. I kind of fell off at the end of second season. I can't speak for third. I love... Villanelle is... She's such a unique character. Villanelle? Villanelle. Sorry. It's been a minute. I loved the first season. Loves. Yeah. I think there was a different showrunner second season, a different writer. Phoebe Waller-Bridge did the first, and then second season it was a different one. It wasn't bad. It just and and everyone does a great job. I just and then I didn't see the third season to be honest. Have you seen Fleabag? Yes. Okay, because that oh my also God. is a comedy. Of course, I've seen Fleabag. I live okay, under well a rock. Okay, I'm just checking. I don't know. Yes, she. That's the kind of comedy I can get into. She's no, but witty, that's good. subtle, That's what I'm
1: saying. That's what happens when you get a genius at
0: the helm. I think genius gets tossed around a little much, like in uh, the comedy world. No, it doesn't. But Phoebe Waller-Bridge is, is actually definitely one. a comic genius.
4: Hello, uh, my name's Lisa. I'm from Melbourne, Australia. I think that, um, Kate and Alicia, that you should watch Orphan Black if you already haven't. Um, It's a series about a group of people that are all interconnected because they are clones, trying to not give too much away. But um, if you Google it, it's obvious that they're clones. So they go on a bit of a journey of trying to uncover how they're all connected and trying to figure out how they came to be in the world, how to keep themselves and their loved ones safe. It's a really gripping show. I've watched it over and over again, I think like three or four times. It's hilarious at times, and it also can be really, really heartbreaking. Um, it deals with themes of bodily autonomy, family, love, connection, trying to find freedom and trying to feel free. And it's also a little bit gay, uh, which is always um, a tick uh, for me to watch something. <laughs> um, and the best part is that the main five or six characters played by the same incredible actor, Tatiana Maslani. don't know if I'm saying that right. Maybe it's my Australian accent. Um, but every time I watch her and I remember that she plays most of the characters, it just blows my fucking mind because I'm like, holy shit, how can one person be so versatile and be so incredibly talented? Even if you don't like the storyline, you should just watch it just to watch her be absolutely amazing. It's a little bit sci-fi, which is not normally my thing, but it's just a really good show, and I would really recommend it. Lisa, first of all, you figured it out. Lisa, our
1: first overseas caller, everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> a round of applause yes. for Lisa in Melbourne. All the way from Australia. Um, my sister is obsessed with this show and has been begging me to watch it, and you just reminded me of that because
0: I think she told I've me heard last it was great. Year. Yeah. I've always heard it was great. Um, and that girl is supposed to be great. She plays a lot of won. different parts, right? She won a bunch of awards, I think, when I it like first how she said out. it's a
1: little bit gay. Reminds me of Margaret Cho. A
0: little bit gay. Okay, I, <laughs> yes.
1: Lisa, it's on my list. I'm doing it. Yeah, I'm going to check it out. I have to pick which one I'm going to start with. It might be that one.
0: Orphan Black. I want that one. She's the second one who's told you to watch it.
1: Yeah, and I love sci-fi. Love. I want that one. Okay. All right. Let's take one more. Hi, Pam
4: Todd Hi, Lisa. Hi, Kate. So the show that I have been obsessed with and definitely got me through a lot of the pandemic is The HBO show, it's a dark comedy, very
3: dark, um, which is probably why I like it so much. Um, it is, it's incredible. It's uh, loosely based off of the murdoch family so you have the patriarch of the family um logan roy played by brian cox who is um, the ceo of this media conglomerate and he is sort of ailing in his health and his children are pretty ruthlessly trying to vie for his
1: spot as ceo of the company we love this show so much fucking succession i'm so upset the pandemic
0: paused the production of that show. And now the new season isn't coming out until much later because of the delay. I love that show. Bore on the floor.
1: Everyone, thank you for your suggestions. We're going to get to work on watching some of those. And on top of that, I mean, I think we're going to continue this uh, assignment with each other once in a while, right?
0: You know who I want as a guest to help sell my 90 day fiance obsession? I'd love to get Roxanne Gay on this. Because Roxanne Gay also loves 90 Day Fiance. Let's call her up. Please. I need some backup. And she is the perfect backup.
1: Okay, let's do that. Because I, and you know, I'll have to obviously watch an episode so I know what you guys are talking oh. about. Before we go, I'd like to, come here, Banjo. Just leave you with the greatest sound of all time, which is my dog eating a corn chip. Okay, hold on. <laughs>
0: Leash, what do we call Banjo when she comes over to my house? Cousin Eddie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, she's coming over later, so get ready. I gave her a bath.
0: C- Cousin Eddie, bring on Cousin Eddie. Um, all right. Well, this has been another you.
1: episode of uh, Pants. Thanks everybody for listening. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you
0: next week. Yes, she will. Thanks. Woohoo! Bye. Thank you for listening to Pants, a podcast brought to you by myself, Kate Manig, and Leisha Haley. Produced by Melissa D. Montz. Please listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can follow Pants on Instagram, at The Pants Pod. Theme song by Carolina Para of the band CSS and graphics are by Love Fox.